Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. My text for today is all of the scripture lessons you have heard read in this service. The cross. The cross. The cross proclaims life. But the cross is also a matter of life and death. The cross is an interesting symbol in today's society. For many years, I have observed something that only maybe a couple of years ago did I recognize for what it was. I'm talking about movies and television and the way the cross is often portrayed. I'm thinking of a woman committing adultery. And I don't want to get too specific here, but get the picture, the cross swinging as that act is being performed. I'm thinking of the drug lord or the gang leader who's wearing a big silver chain around his neck with a big old silver cross hanging there, shelling out drugs and killing people. All of a sudden, a couple years ago, it hit me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is deliberate. This is not accidental. This is costuming. Every one of these shows has someone who's assigned to costuming, and they costume very carefully. So why are they having that cross displayed in that way? And of course, the answer is, it is not to proclaim Christ as Savior and Lord. I'm convinced it's there to make fun of Christ and to make fun of Christians to call us all hypocrites, to tell us that our religion, our faith, is no value. It inspires no one to believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Well, should we therefore get, a rid, get rid of the cross? And the answer, of course, is not, because we know what the cross represents. It represents the death and the resurrection of Jesus, our Savior and Lord. And to us, that's a big deal. Because we know it is, as I said earlier, a matter of life and death. Christ's death on that cross saves us, just as it saved the Israelites in the wilderness. When they were bitten by the serpents, they died unless they looked up at the serpent on the cross. That serpent on the cross was a forerunner of Christ's crucifixion. And the resurrection of Christ is a fulfillment of God's promise to all of us that says, believe in me, your sins will be forgiven, you will spend eternal life in heaven. 
And for us, that is a big deal. Nonetheless, there has been a growing movement in this country to take us away from Christianity and to take us away from the meaning of the cross. We are sometimes ridiculed for our faith. Churches are sometimes burned down. We are attacked in any number of ways. On the other hand, Christ warned us that was going to happen. He says it's, even, it's going to become so tough in the gospel lesson that even members of your own family are going to turn against you for your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. But even knowing all that the Lord was going to put us through or allow us to go through, he says to us, I still want you to go out there and proclaim my name. Proclaim it any way you can. Now, preferably, we'd like you to be able to talk to someone and verbalize your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And there are people, there are Christians who are very good at doing that, and I thank God for them. I know there are also a lot of Christians who wish they could do that. I know that because I've conducted several classes and witnessing, and it's surprising the number of people who come out who want to learn how to do it. But I also know that there's a whole crowd of Christians out there who at the thought of proclaiming their faith verbally to somebody else would prefer to lay down, <clears throat> lay down and die. It petrifies the living dates, daylights out of them. And that takes me to this cross. Now, I have a tremor, and my dear wife says, just don't stab yourself, okay, when you're up there with this thing. So we'll try to anchor it here. Um, this cross was given to me by a pastor um, well over a year ago. And I looked at it. It wasn't this one exactly, but I looked at it, and I looked at this thing down here, and I said, thanks, what do I do with it? He says, plant it in your garden, in the front of your house, not the back, the front of your house. Great idea. Well, it happened that there was a piece of paper wrapped around it. And I want to tell you what this piece of paper was all about. Almost every time I preached about this cross, somebody knows this story. It originated in Frankenmuth, Michigan. Anybody know the story? Yeah, we have four people who said yes. <laughs> Frankenmuth, as you know, is a very Lutheran German town. And so they have Christian symbols around town. Well, there was an atheist in town who said, enough. And so he partnered up with an organization 
and they threatened the city council of Frankenmuth with a lawsuit unless they took the two crosses off the city bridge down. The city did not want to have a fight. It was a nasty time, I'm told, but they took the crosses down. Well, that was a success, so he said, let me go one step further. On the shield of Frankenmuth, there is the Luther cross, or the Luther rose, and in the center of that rose is a cross. And so he wanted that cross removed. At which point, the people in town said, enough. They began to build their own crosses, some of them this size, some of them much taller, and they began to plant them in the front of their house. When the man saw that, he backed off. As a matter of fact, he eventually left town. So I have planted this cross, actually two of them, in the front of my house, and I don't know what it is going to do for my neighborhood. But when the people walk by my house and they see that cross, here is what I hope it says to them. As I look back at the epistle lesson, I hope it says that the people in this house believe that Christ obediently humbled himself for us, even to the point of death on the cross. And because of that, the people in this house bow before the Lord of glory, and that the tongues in this house, even though often imperfect, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father, and would be happy to tell you about him whenever you are interested because we know that his life, his death, his resurrection offers something very special to you that you can find nowhere else, forgiveness of sins and eternal life in heaven. I show this to a man who I know who happens to be a carpenter. Last, the next time I saw him, he handed me a bag of crosses. I said, what am I supposed to do with these? He says, I don't know, pass them out. Well, since then, we've passed out over 7,000. Impressive number, right? Will you go on the website and type into the address Frankenmuth White Crosses and you'll find all kinds of stories. One of which is a, a group that partnered up, that partnered up with a, a Methodist group someplace in the United States. They've distributed over 6,000. I'm sorry, 60,000 of these crosses. 
I want to tell you some stories. This is several stories that I received from pastors of churches through whom I've been able to distribute these crosses. A very common story is one that says, neighbor comes over, sees your cross and says, oh, I'm so sorry. Well, why? Well, obviously your pet died. <laughs> On occasion, it's your pet or a family member. I've heard that story many times. The last time I heard it was from a woman directly. She said, my neighbor came over and said, I'm sorry, either a pet or your family member died. And she thought, no, no, no pet, no family member died. But then all of a sudden she said, yes, somebody did die. His name was Jesus. You see, this cross is an opportunity without being brash, without being in your face, without even having to say much. It's an opportunity to give just a quiet, quiet witness of your faith in Jesus Christ. And when somebody sees that cross and makes a comment, you don't have to give them a whole catechism full of theology. All you have to say is, yeah, Jesus died on that cross, rose from the dead, so I can go to heaven. Another story. Pastor told me one of his members came to him and said, had an interesting experience this week. I was at home. All of a sudden, there was a knock on the door. I went to the door. I opened it up. She's one who had a cross in her front yard. She looked down. There was a little boy. Little boy said, I'm lost. I went out for a walk, and I can't find my way home. Would you help me? And of course she did. But in the process, she said, young man, what caused you to come to me? He said, I saw the cross, and I knew I would be safe here. I want to tell you a story of a school teacher, public school teacher in Detroit. Her church had the crosses. She took several of them up to Frankenmuth. She said, over the months, every time I go up to our home in Frankenmuth, I see crosses springing up all over town and in the neighboring town. But then she said, you know what? I decided to do something else. She said, I knew I was going to retire at the end of this year. She said, so I took the cross, unconcerned about any blowback I would get, and I planted it in a flower pot in my classroom. 
so that when you walked into my room, you looked over my shoulder, and there was the cross. She says, I was certain I was going to get reprimanded. She said, since I have planted that cross, 75 people have come up to me, students, teachers, and administrators, asking me if I would get them a cross. Another story. Woman took a cross home from church, put it in her front yard. Her neighbor came over, talked to her about it. Unbeknownst to her, he began walking around the neighborhood. He came back to her. He gave her a $100 bill and said, can you get me 10 more crosses? So I get a call from Pastor. Pastor says, Ron, I need 10 more crosses. I got a $100 bill sitting here. I gave him more than 10. I was going to bring Don with me. Unfortunately, Don was just elected to the Church Council of Christ our Savior in Livonia. And he's being installed today, so he wasn't able to come. But Don lives in Northville, and he has a home, and he has an office in the front of his house. So that as he sits in his office, he can sit outside. He's near downtown, and he can just see a lot of the activity. He said one day the mailman came up, put his mail in the mailbox, walked down the stairs. He said a light snow had just come down. The mailman looked up at me in the office, reached down, made a sign of the cross in the snow. He says any number of policemen come by here and give me the thumbs up because of my cross. When you leave church today, you'll see crosses around. You'll see them on the table there, see them on the table in another entrance. There are some crosses on a table in the Family Life Center invite you to take one or more. I've seen people walk out of churches with five and ten crosses. I've seen people walk out of church with one cross only to come back a few days later and say, I need ten more. Take one for yourself. Take one for a family member. Take one for friends. Take one for neighbors. Proclaim the name of Jesus Christ quietly, simply, with this little cross. It's not a gimmick. It's not an ornament. It's a proclamation. It's a quiet witness of your faith in Jesus Christ to others. It's a matter of life and death. It's about the Jesus who humbled himself so much that he was willing to come to this earth to suffer and die in our behalf. 
It's about that Jesus who says, there are people around there out in that world who I want to become part of my family. And I need you to do something. Just do something that may draw their attention to me and possibly eventually make them part of my family. If you're not going to talk about me, plant a cross. Because you see, this cross is a matter of life and death. Amen. Amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.